Now, the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show continues. Here's your host, Brian Beatty. Welcome back, folks, as the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show continues here on The Big Talker, 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. I'm, of course, your host, Brian Beatty, and I'm here with special guest, Rexanne Strecker of Preferred Rate. Thanks again so much for being here this morning. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. So we're talking about the investment side of real estate and how, you know, quite frankly, a lot of people are, they're just gridlocked. They're unwilling to invest right now out of the fear that this market is going to maybe either slightly or severely adjust downward. And they don't want to be in a position where they're going to buy something that might end up being worth less in in the near future. Correct. And I think that's just the general mentality. And, And look, we work with a lot of investors. I myself am an investor. You're an investor. Yeah. So we understand the space and we, we play within it uh, quite a bit. And so you were mentioning that this time of year offers, I think, some really interesting opportunity for investors. Correct. I think that, you know, as I was mentioning right before we took a break, that, you know, whether you're a buyer or an investor, you know, think about the sellers that have been on the market for, let's say, at least 90 days. Okay. Right. We're coming off of a market where for years, especially post COVID, after that first, you know, few months of just what in the world's going on. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, Holy smokes. The the market, it took off. I mean, it went stratospheric and inventory dropped off a shelf. And we're still low on inventory. And we're still low on inventory. And if you really think about it, we've not really ever been in an environment where we have what I would say is fairly tight lending standards. Correct. Yeah. High interest rates that have been increasing and frankly increased at the fastest pace in the history of the U.S., at least since they've been tracking it. For sure. You've got low inventory and you've got rising prices. Correct. I mean, tell me a time in the market where we've had that, that those four kind of headwinds, so to speak. I can't. Right. right. And I, I don't think it exists for a prolonged period of time. So this time of year for those folks that are still on the market they're not very happy. No, they're not very happy. And the thing is, is that what you kind of got to start planning on is I would, if you're still on the market, probably drop the price just a teeny bit to get new activity or new looks, right? And then know that it's a great time right now to negotiate because most people want to get in before Christmas or if they're selling, they've got to get everything done before December 31st because that's when your tax at your fiscal year end. Mm-hmm. So people are really anxious to get, even builders get anxious to get everything sold and, and get everything uh, put in on third quarter. So keep that in mind that, that you're going to see a lot of more hungry buyers out there, especially investors, because they've got to make these moves. You have to do a 1031 tax exchange. They have to identify quickly or they'll lose you know, all that money. And 1031s are great uh, right now, I'm even getting ready to sell an additional property just because I have somebody that needs to have a certain amount that they're buying for a 1031. So it's a good time of year to maybe start, you know, maybe put in your notes that, you know, buyer or seller is uh, motivated or, you know, something that just lets them know that you're at least willing to talk. Now, I mentioned earlier that we also have a property management company and a lot of people, you know, two, two-thirds of the country have an interest rate at or below 4%, which is amazing and Good for them. Yeah, good you know, for them. I, yeah. I, I remember when, let's go back to like 2021 or like spring of 2021, uh-huh. when the market was just pretty much at its peak. Right. Darn near exactly. at its peak. Right. The message that I was trying to convey at that time was that you are not, as a buyer, you are not going to win against the seller. 
Correct. But you're going to win against the bank. Yes, exactly. When the rates are low. Yes. yes. And, and they're going to go down again. I mean, the banking industry is forecasting that we start an election year next year. Everybody's going to start gearing up. Historically speaking, rates get better in an election year because, you know, the incumbent wants to win and they're trying to do everything they can to pull out the stops to do that, which is great. That's going to work in the public's favor. Even if you're buying and your rate is slightly higher, know that you can always refinance down the road. Mm -hmm. And so what, what I suggest too, is if you're a seller and you've already got a ton of equity in your house, don't put everything back down into the next house to try to get the payment. What I always say is keep reserve funds back because let's say that your payment is $500 more a month than you wanted it to be and you're all stressed out. Well, instead of trying to buy it down that, you know, to get to that $500 less in a payment a month, why don't you just keep maybe $50,000 back knowing that you could take $500 from that little pool every month and weather the storm through going through? Because believe it or not, people grow into the payments. They, they get nervous but eventually you'll grow into that payment and you'll you'll figure out ways to to do it. So and and if you have money saved and in savings for a rainy day, it makes it a lot easier when it rains. Yeah, and the other thing too to think about is that you can change your interest rate, you can't change the purchase price. Correct. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yes. So one thing just to point out really quickly for those that are listening that own property with a really low interest rate and they're thinking, you know, rather than sell this house and buy something else, I'm going to keep it as a rental. Here's something for you to consider, and this is something that we do for our folks. Every person that manages or has a property managed by us um, gets an analysis. Correct. And that's obviously at the point in time that we decide to put the property up as a rental property so they understand their return on investment. Then we send them performance you know, reviews and statements every year. And the, the, whole, the goal behind that is let's say that you, again – own a property and you've got a 3% interest rate and you want to turn that property into a rental. Okay. That's a smart plan. Yeah. You can cash flow that. Plan. You should be able to cash flow that very, very well. But here's how I think we need to look at that. If we are now choosing to take that property and turn it into an investment property. Okay. We need to analyze the performance of that specific investment against any other potential investment. Yes. Right? Okay. Yes. So we uh -huh. need to say, all right, well, if you're going to keep your property as an investment, how viable is that property as an investment? Correct. And can we do better? Yes. So maybe it makes more sense, depending upon cash flow and numbers and situations, to sell that property through a 1031 tax deferred exchange, not pay capital gains on it, mm -hmm. and then invest in another higher performing investment property. Yes, and that's that's wise too because, um, you know, people don't always assess the capital gains free, you know, like literally if you did a couple flips, you can eventually get to a front beach property that cash flows very well um, off of a couple of flips. But you have to understand the 1031 is a – it's an excellent vehicle and I was fearful that it was actually going to get uh, taken away as a tax benefit. Um, but so far it hasn't. So knock on wood. But wouldn't that just be like the last nail in the coffin from this administration? <laughs> yes, Aren't they, isn't he supposed to be the hero of the middle class? <clears throat> yeah. I, yeah. I don't know about that. Anyway. Um, but uh, so what what I think, too, is is assessing. I, I think people also um, forget like. You have to do many things when you're thinking about 
all the property that you own. So let's say that you do own a, an investment property right now that's that's doing well, but it's appreciated by a hundred grand. And if you did a ten thirty one and then you sell it, you could take that hundred thousand. You're right, and go buy something that's going to cash flow better, or buy multiple properties. Exactly. And that's sort of what I did. I took I took my well, I I I actually sold a primary that had a ton of equity in it, and and then took that and bought a. a a beach home. And then I, I went and bought some homes up in, you know, I bought a bundled package. Um, you can also get investors to, if they own multiple properties right now, it's a great time of year to ask them, could you sell me more than, than what you're offering? Like, can you do a 1031 special, like, you know, package for me so that Mm -hmm. I can hit my 1031, but yet buy your property. So it's, it's a lot of assessing where your cat, so you can get capital gain savings on primaries, 250 to 500,000. You can also do, if you've owned your investment property for 12 months, um, you can do a 1031 tax exchange. You have to identify the property. You have to make that in the actual contract. You have to put in there that you're going to do your tax exchange. And, and then you make it all work and you take the money out and put it in. But then once you get that money in, let's say that you do a 1031 tax exchange and you could pay cash for the next property because that's what's going to happen. Or you're buying multiple and you're paying down the thing. You can always refinance and cash out those properties as well and take those back as reserve funds, put them in a bank. I mean, what really happened in 2008 was not only did we see properties go down in value, but you also saw people that had pledged the same reserve funds for many, many, many of properties. So you had, you know, the bankers were doing stated income loans and, you know, you had people that were overstating their income and, and you would just believe them, you know, cause you couldn't really, well, it's stated. You're, you're just, you're telling me how much you make per month and I'm going to believe you. Um, and so the whole debacle of 2008 was more than just higher rates and higher property values. It was, there was a lot of things going, was literally the big short. I mean, it, yeah. if you watch yeah. the movie, it, it was. And read uh, the book. The book's yeah, better. And re- the book is better. Um, and so is there a chance that that could happen again? Well, sure. I mean, it can always happen again. Greed is always a thing. It's one of the seven deadly sins. So, of course, it's out there and uh, very prevalent uh, these days. But at the same time, if you're smart and you do this slowly, you can build up and really capitalize on money coming in. And and sometimes, like, if you have a lot of equity in that primary and you sell it, you can bank a lot of stuff, too. And then don't don't discount the fact that you could go buy, uh, you know, maybe a downsize or buy right. a house that's reasonable so that you can keep your payments reasonable. Mm-hmm. But if you have a large chunk of funds in the bank – then you can diversify that by buying some yeah. property or investing or whatever you want to do. So it's yeah. um or paying off your higher interest debt. Yeah, you know, or paying card, off credit all your credit card debt. It's over yeah. a trillion dollars nationally now. Uh, and I mean, savings it, accounts it's are being funny depleted. that you say that, Brian, yeah. because you know people will bellyache about mortgages hitting close to eight now, but they have no problem paying twenty five to thirty percent on credit card. Right. And so that to me is well, and some wow, people just, just don't have the, yeah. some people don't have the option. But what I think a lot of people that own their home have <clears throat> is yeah. a lot of equity. They've got a yeah. lot of net worth tied up in their in their real estate. So let me just ask one more quick question because this is a, I think a a misconception and a fear because I think that's kind of an underlying tone of this right. particular show is fear that causes 
panic that causes inaction. I think a lot of people are of the opinion that, well, hey, I only make a certain amount of money. Mm -hmm. I can't qualify for anything else. Correct. Are there other options out there that somebody could utilize where we're not looking necessarily at their income and their ability to just afford more? Yeah. So the banks have come out with DSCR loans, which are debt service carry loans, those for investors. So we're really honestly just looking at if the property can sustain itself. Uh, They can be done in LLCs. They have properties out there that are just being written in an LLC's name so that um, the person's still a guarantor, but they're not looking so much into their own financial um, obligations. But if you own your primary and you sell it, and let's say that you do net, you know, maybe a hundred to $150,000 off of it. And and right now in, in the area we live in, you can net a lot more than that. You know that. You can also go and rent for a year and take your money and bank it and, and kind of wait for rates to come down. Or you could, you know, subsidize, put enough down to, to go ahead and get the max that you can borrow. And and then, like I said, keep reserves in the bank where you're comfortable, you're calm, you can make your payments. Um, mm-hmm. There is such a thing, too, and like you and I were talking on break, is that making money off investment properties that cash flow well, you can almost get to a point where you have enough passive income coming in that you can pay your whole monthly, you know, nut. I mean, basically your mortgage, your car payments, everything. You can get to that point, too, on having investment properties feed into your monthly income. Mm-hmm. And then when you file your tax returns and stuff, you can use all that as extra income coming in. Yeah. So it's a really nice, I wouldn't say invest all your money in real estate, but it's a very nice way to balance a portfolio and have some investments on the side, and then some into real estate and and have a really balanced mix. And don't forget that, you know, there's, so yes, the DSCR loan or the debt service coverage ratio loan is basically providing you with financing based on the viability of that particular investment rather than your personal financial situation, which is awesome. A lot of people don't even know about it. Yeah. And, and, you know, understandably so. I mean, it used to be reserved for resorts and hotels and things like Correct. that. Correct. So they... it's recently come out and banks are once again trying to help, mm-hmm. trying to help continue the housing market to yeah. continue. But remember that there's also <clears throat> people that own their homes free and clear. Yes. Or they could be the bank. Yeah. They you don't have be... to qualify with them. Yes, that's Well, correct. you might. I mean, if, if you're a seller and you're going to do <laughs> seller financing, I would hope that you do some <laughs> yeah, level of underwriting wanna... to make yes, sure you're actually going to sure. get paid and we can help with that. But there's, you know, even more creative financing options. You know, there's private money, there's subject twos, and we won't get into all of that. But just understand for those of you that are listening that are thinking of getting into investment real estate, or maybe you're a current investor, there is a lot of opportunity out there that is being squashed by the overall perception that the market has topped out and is about to bottom out. And if you invest now, you're going to lose. Yes. I think there's a big fear and, and people are, are perceiving it as, oh my gosh, it's so risky. And Brian, I know you're the same way as me. I've made money through the hard market. I mean, this is this is a harder market than normal. But but like I was telling you, it's just a matter of learning the rules of chess. And what what rules are we playing by today in our market on how to develop this and how to create net worth? And so that's what I tell my clients a lot of times is you should have ownership because you can create a higher net worth going forward. No matter what market you're in, you can really, you should be getting in. If you have to buy a house and fix it up, do that. But renting, keep in mind that as you rent, if you continue to rent, 
you're just paying somebody else's mortgage off. Yeah, it's 100% interest. Yeah, it's and, yeah. and there's no tax rammed. There's nothing. There's really no tax benefit to renting. I mean, you could, if you need to, do that if you get too scared. If you sell your primary and you just want to take a break, that's a viable option for maybe a year, maybe two. But ownership in this country is still the way that most millionaires make their money. Absolutely. Rick San, it's been such a pleasure having you. Uh, for those Thank that are you. listening, of course, she's, as you can tell, very involved on the investment side of real estate. But, of course, she helps everyday folks with buying right. and, and, and refinancing and, yes. and, and all that great stuff. So, again, uh, your contact information, please. Is Rexanne Strecker at preferredrate.com. It's R-E-X-A-N-N dot Strecker, S-T-R-E-C-K-E-R at preferredrate.com. And my phone number is 843 eight six zero zero eight zero nine and it's been a pleasure to be on here thank you so much brian for having me again my pleasure thank you all right stick around folks for more of the brian Beatty real estate show stay tuned for more of the brian Beatty real estate show have a real estate question ask brian Beatty. contact brian Beatty online at listingsincharleston.com that's listingsincharleston.com or call him at 843-888-0065 that's 843-888-0065 